0: I know that over the last several months, some of you have probably shared the same question about your pastor. I know. I can tell by the way you look, I can tell in your eyes, you're all wondering the same thing, aren't you? How in the world is that guy not already a multimillionaire? How in the world did that guy not make it into the NBA? Making millions of dollars playing basketball. I can tell. That's what you're all thinking. And to sort of curb your curiosity, I'm going to answer that question for you today. I never made it to the NBA, at least one reason why. <laughs> There's probably a whole lot of other reasons, right? Less one reason is because of one particular thing that I did. You see, growing up, I loved playing basketball as a kid. loved being outside or in the gym. But as I played more, as much as I tried, as much as I gave it the 110%, as much as I gave it everything I had, all that kind of stuff, as much as I practiced and I practiced, there was one thing I couldn't do. I could never, ever get that ball to go through that net every time I wanted to. You see, in my mind, I thought, as soon as you put a shot up, every shot has to go through When I watched TV, I didn't see people missing shots on sports at night. You saw all the ones that went in. So in my young mind, I was no good at basketball because I couldn't make every shot. Y'all with me? And since I couldn't make every shot, there was no way I was ever going to be any good at that. And so I gave up that dream and started watching football and professional wrestling, if you remember that sermon a few months ago it's another story. Now I know what you might be thinking is, well, John, that's, that's that's the way a child thinks. You know, children think like that. Children put those things in their mind. And, and you're right, and I recognize that. But here's what I also know, and what I also realize, is that children learn things. Children think things. That as they get older, they continue to think. And so, while maybe you never had dreams of being in the NBA, I bet there's a lot of us in the church who know what it feels like to feel like um, they're not good enough, or or they're not as good as somebody else. Man, I worked just as hard as so-and-so did. How come they got the better job than I? I I put everything I have, I pray, I go to church, I do all that stuff. How come they drive the nicer car than me? I look at them and their family, they got it all together. How come their marriage is better than mine? A lot of us know what it means to look at our lives and to look at somebody else's life and to compare. Why in the world are they digging up oil on their land and not mine? Got everybody's attention now, huh? <laughs> Why in the world does my life not look like somebody else's? I think Jesus knew that about us. And so, in his Sermon on the Mount that he gave us, after he taught us how to pray, he then went on to tell us that life is more than treasure. And that we would do well to get our eyes to realize that about life. Because we can't serve God and wealth. And it was only after Jesus said that, that maybe perhaps he felt like we could could take in these next words. Only after he could tell us that important thing about life, that he could tell us this. Do not worry. Now, again, I know you're looking at me thinking, that boy ain't never worried about where he was going to (laughs) eat. And I'm going to assume that most of us never really worried about what we were going to eat or what we were going to wear. But Jesus wouldn't have said that if it didn't mean something for somebody. So maybe there's a little more Solomon's glory in our way of life today than there was way back then. But the point is, we all worry some stuff regarding life. And I just wish, I just wish there was some word that God would give to us about that. That's a joke, y'all. Because God does tell us something. right? God does tell us something very important as Jesus is teaching his disciples. He brings up Solomon. Solomon's glory. And I don't know if you remember that story from First and Second Chronicles, but it talks about how much Solomon had and how much glory he had. So much so that the Queen of Sheba, ooh, Queen of Sheba, came on her high horse to come see everything that Solomon had. And actually, she came to test him. If you remember the story, she came to see, well, is he everything that I've heard? And as he, came, she came in to where Solomon was, she did see everything. He had, and y'all, she was, this guy is amazing. The scripture says something, I think, important about that visit to the queen. It says that after she met with Solomon and saw all of his glory, her spirit left her. And what I think it means is that she saw everything she had. Even though herself as the queen of Sheba, you don't get to be the queen of Sheba and not have a lot of stuff, right? That even though she's the queen of Sheba, she saw everything he had and thought, oh, I give up. I can't come here and test him. Who am I? How can I do that? Look at all the much more stuff that he has than me. Sound familiar? Why do they get that nice house? why can't I be as happy as them? Why can't my kids do this? Why can't I go to places like that? Why aren't they drilling on my land? Y'all with me? See, Jesus brings that up, and he brings up that image of Solomon's glory. And I think as those disciples heard that, that term, Solomon's glory, they knew what Jesus, talking about, oh, he's got so much stuff. <laughs> we could never have that much stuff. We could never, that's why we can't have anything nice, right? Because, ah, oh. The problem is sometimes we, we see everything that Solomon has. We'll just call him Solomon, right? We don't have everything that Solomon next door has, and so we figure out how then we can get it. Well, maybe I'm not praying. Or or maybe I'm not working enough. Or or maybe I'm not doing this. Or maybe I'm doing too much of this. And and we alter our lives quite often based on what we think other people are doing. Y'all with me? We we, we look at the example of other people and we say, well, I'm not where they are. Where they are is where I want to be. So what do I got to do to be where they are? But Solomon wasn't the only one. Image that Jesus gave us. In fact, he said, Solomon's glory, nothing, nothing compared to the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. You see, those lilies, they're not worried about the mortgage, they're not worried about the light company, they're not worried about paying for the fourth car. All they want to do is make each day matter. Those birds that fly through the air, yeah, they don't know what it's like to send the kids through college. God bless them, because it can be hard. The only care that they have is to get through each day and make it mean something. Do each day, live each day the way God has called us to do. And there's something about that attitude that Jesus says is a whole lot better than going after Solomon's glory. There's something about something that happens to us when we say, you know what? I'm glad for Solomon. Good for him. Maybe he worked hard. Maybe he did all he could. But but also know there's another part of Solomon's story that Jesus didn't bring up. Because not all of Solomon's story is good. Sometimes we forget that, right? But there's something that happens when we say, Solomon, God bless you, man. I'm proud of you. Loan me five dollars when you can. Let's be friends. But your life is not my life. I've got to live this life that God has given to me. And I've got to understand that God has done so much for me that I don't have to worry about trying to have your life. The life that you have given me, God, is enough. It is enough. The life that God has given you, it is enough. God, you are so willing to bless us. We know that, God, because you have already blessed us. There is an assurance, there is a peace that comes with knowing that we are children of God, that we can't get anywhere else. And God, that is a blessing for you. So we ask, God, that as we learn more and more what it means to look at the blessings you offer to us, that you would help us to be thankful that you would help us to focus on what matters to you more than what matters to us. Help us, God, to seek after the things that are of you so that our lives could be faithful lives. So that our lives could be an example of faithfulness to you, not anybody else. In Jesus' name.